This spotlight is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette. Today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, the MP Foundation, Naperville Lyle Triad, and Naperville Little League Baseball. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now to talk about the Muthusami Pavarel, or MP Foundation, are Selvi Rajkumar and Christy Kennedy. So welcome to the show, really glad to have you. And Selvi, we're gonna start right out with you. What motivated you to get involved with this uh, tornado relief effort? Good afternoon, Jane, and thank you for having us today here. Um, one evening I was watching the city council meeting live and I saw Christy presenting and looking for a nonprofit partner to help uh, the Naperville residents who were affected by the tornado in June of 2021. And um, when Christy explained that children and pets and adults are not able to walk safely in their backyard because of shattered glass and uh, hazardous materials that are still in the backyard, I wanted to do something, and um, as I was watching the city council, I reached out to the then mayor, Mr. Chirico, and he introduced us to Christy and Kelly, and the rest is history. Yeah, that was a really, I mean, first of all, it was such a devastating moment for the community, right? We hadn't experienced something like that. Um, and, and, you know, I think for those who were outside of that, you sort of see it and the cleanup efforts happening. You don't think about all the stuff that was in the ground. And, and Christy, this is where you just really got engaged. Um, talk about the success factors with that, because it's been quite an effort that you've undergone over the last couple of years. Yeah, we've, we've really um, managed to accomplish quite a bit over the last, last year. Um, so I, I think it's helpful to kind of remember where we were, right, a year ago. And um, when the tornado hit, it was at an EF3 status when it hit that area. And um, windows were shattered in homes, um, like every single window in a home, roofs ripped off and things like that. Um, so since we have seen you, we raised um, or were able to get a million dollar grant from the state of Illinois, another half million dollars or up to that from the city of Naperville. Um, and we have now helped a little more than 80 families um, replaced about 70 yards um, and cleared them of all the debris so people can, families can safely use their yards and, um, and are just so pleased that we have been able to, to make that happen. Yeah. And, and I think our total cost comes in a little under $1.4 million. That's amazing. And, and I think too, right? Because I mean, you know, we all chat about anytime there's a disaster, we chat about it immediately and then we sort of wander off if it's not immediately in our vicinity. And I think, you know, just the way that everybody came together to realize it, it, it's not just above ground, it's below ground. And that's where we have to do the safety. What were some of the challenges that you faced through that project? The challenge that we faced was collecting the money to help the families in need. And I'm inspired by Christy, her perseverance and working hard every day. We tried everything we possibly could, reached out to all our friends, the community, the businesses. And one of the things that we learned where there were so many of the businesses and community members donated, but it didn't really come to the uh, the families that were hit by the tornado, 
Um, so we worked really, really hard and we were so fortunate and blessed that uh, state rep Anastava Murray trusted us and um, gave us uh, the fund of $1 million from the state and the city council also supported us with up to half a million dollars to do this project. Um, and also the other challenge was getting the um, contractors to do the work. And again, Kelly and Christy um, thoroughly vetted several contractors and uh, we were uh, fortunate to get highly landscaping and balanced environments to do the project. And uh, they were uh, waiting till the state and the city gave us the money to be paid for them. So we are sure. grateful for them as well. Yeah. I think, and, and so maybe I think this is a question because one sort of always assumes in a state of emergency that your insurance will cover that. But speak a little bit to that, Christy, because obviously it, it, do, it didn't cover a lot of that stuff, right? Which right. is why you had to hop in. So talk about that and, and sort of the impact that it then had on those families. We've um, we've learned so much about disasters and, and relief in, in working on this project and in trying to help our neighbors. Um, so so insurance does not cover yards. Insurance insurance just doesn't cover that piece. And I think there's an assumption when there's a disaster that insurance swoops in, government agencies swoop in, and nonprofits swoop in, and you're covered and you're good. And if you just lost a roof and maybe a few trees, you know that's the case. You can easily recover. But when you lose your your whole house and everything in it, it it's just it's a huge undertaking to to deal with that recovery, and you also have quite a bit of out of pocket costs that you wouldn't anticipate. Sure. Um, so so these families that we helped really faced tremendous hardship and and really needed um, our help, and we wanted to help them in a meaningful way, and 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 this project was definitely um, the way to to help them in a meaningful way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sylvia, as you kind of look back on the project because you're 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 you've accomplished so much, um, but what what's the thing you're most proud of? I'm I'm really proud of um, the community, the businesses, and the leaders uh, like Anastava Murray and the city council stepping up um, to support the neighbors, to support our community members. So um, one of the things is the awareness uh, that Christie spread uh, by vocalizing, coming to the city council. Um, and um, so I'm really um, humbled and uh, proud to know people like Christie and Kelly who really cares about the neighbors and all the businesses and the leaders stepping up to help the people in need. Takes a village, doesn't it? It takes a village. Yeah, yeah. That staying really comes true on things like this. But they need a leader, uh, and you really stepped up, Kelly. Um, you know, you talked a little bit, Selby, about the community involvement. But from your perspective, Christy, you know, how in, how critical was that, and and kind of what have we learned going forward? Yeah, definitely very critical. Um, so so Neighborville Tornado Relief was started by myself and my neighbor um, Kelly. Doherty, who lives across the street from me, and our homes were not impacted by the tornado, but it hit three blocks from us. So we saw firsthand the devastation you know, that, our, that our neighbors faced. Um, and in the early days, we saw neighbors step up with tarps and food and, and, and efforts to help clean up properties. And then as time went by, um, you know, we just knew we really wanted to do something more meaningful. 
and um, you know, just having Selby step up to be our, our fiscal sponsor, otherwise this project would not have happened. Um, and now, you know, the city of Naperville is really looking more at, at disaster relief and what it means for our community and how we can be better prepared for next time and how nonprofits can get more involved um, because we really filled a void that existed. And, um, and I think it's, it's really important for every community to have a plan um, because the biggest thing that we learned is that disasters happen locally and recovery has to happen locally too. We're going to keep our fingers crossed that we don't have another one, but it's yeah. awfully good to know that we know what we're doing with you guys kind of leading the charge. Well, thank you both so much for stopping by. And if you would like to learn more about the MP Foundation, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. This is the Run My Own Business Dream. This is the college's paid for dream. This is the retire early dream. This is Busey, where your dreams and possibilities become moments through trusted guidance and expertise, through lifelong relationships. Because we're here to help you achieve the life you've always envisioned. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jay Monette, and joining me now from the Naperville Lyle Triad are Jennifer Brassfield and Julie Smith. Nice to have you both on the show. And Julie, I'm gonna start right out with you. What is the Naperville Lyle Triad? Great, thanks for asking that. Well, the Naperville Lyle Triad has been around for over 15 years. We're a service organization really for the health and safety and well-being of all seniors in the Naperville Lyle area. Okay. And, and did it start because there was a concern about seniors or just sort of, was there a particular event that prompted it or just a general sense? There are some other triads um, in the state of Illinois. Uh, I know that King County has a triad um, and the Elgin area along with me downstate. So it's, it's very predominant in the state of Illinois. Interesting. Okay. Well, and we have an aging population, so it's important to make sure that we take care of our seniors, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, Jennifer, who can be a part of the triad? So the triad initially is made up of law enforcement, senior citizens, and then senior service providers. So that okay. makes up the triad. Um, we have uh, over 40 members of senior service providers. Okay. Um, we also have our police departments for this area, as well as the townships. But then any senior can come and be involved. Um, in fact, we encourage seniors to come to our monthly meetings. We uh, meet on the first Wednesday of the month um, so that we can get ideas of what programming they particularly would like. Okay. So it's kind of, it, it sounds a little bit like it's a resource service, right? Because you've got so many senior service providers who have expertise, plus the police department who has lots of great information as do the township. So you're really sort of giving seniors resources that they can use. Resources and programming. Okay. So we do do different programming throughout the year. Um, but when we're planning those programs, it would be nice to know what the seniors really want. Okay. Direct feedback. Always good. Always good. Always good. So Julie, talk a little bit about some of those programs. Yes, we do several programs throughout the year. Um, in person, we've got our upcoming um, SHU event. It stands for Senior Housing Options Expo. Uh, and that's coming up. And so there will be different options for seniors for housing along with the other 
uh, facilities that help that. So all the way from if you have a question regarding, um, you know, maybe your parents are aging and you're looking for those those next steps. Well, what are the next steps? Because it, the system is very confusing. So hopefully we can get, provide a little education with that. Okay. Um, in the summertime, we also have our car care clinic. Um, go over your vehicle, which is really important. Uh, just kind of overall check and provide seniors with some additional resources if they need to go get their car checked. Okay. Um, and then in the fall time, we do our um, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise uh, big, bigger conference over at City Hall. So we really try and focus in on some topics and kind of have a keynote speaker. And that's where we really like getting the input from seniors. What do they want to hear about? Do they want to hear about, um, you know, diabetes care, health care, mental health? awareness, that kind of thing. So we really try and pinpoint that and provide those resources uh, in a really fun environment. Wonderful. And do you, so uh, you sort of spur a question for me. When we talk about seniors, because that's like a big umbrella topic, what are we talking about age-wise? I mean, how, 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 how do I know if I'm a senior that should be part of your conversation? I think it can vary on the, on the age, right? So any. I started getting mail from AARP at age 50, right? right, right. Well, that's kind of why I'm asking is yeah. it's, if, if a viewer is listening, you know, and they're 50 or they're 55 or they're 60, I may not like to think of themselves as senior, but would the programming that you provide be of value? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, 60 and above. Um, but even those that are under 50 that may have parents yeah. that are aging and they just want to find out information and resources that could help their parents. That's a good point. That's a real good point. So you've got in-person programs. Do you, and I know you did during the pandemic. Do you still do Zoom programming? We do. We okay. do um, quarterly Zoom programming. Our, our next one um, that is coming up is with our own Julie Smith. Uh, who's going to be talking about different scams that target mainly seniors. And um, then our next one after that is how to be a good caregiver and not only caring for the individual, but caring for yourself as the caregiver, because that's so important. Um, And then in the fall, we always do one on good old Medicare because that's (laughs) really confusing. Yes. Um, And then so we do do one a quarter. Um, and you can go to our website to find out when all our programming is. Okay. Uh, we have a calendar listed on there. Um, some things you do have to register for, and some things go out pretty quickly. Yeah. So our okay. picnic, usually within the first two hours, it is full. It's sold out. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know. Got to be quick. Got to be quick. Got to know it's there and what day that you can start registering. Okay. All right. And And one last question. So if I'm a let's say I'm a new organization in town and, you know, one of my targets is seniors. Could I reach out to you to become a part of the triad? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. They could go to our website or they could come to a meeting. Okay. Um, and we would tell them all about it and then they can decide to join. Okay. Wonderful. Well, listen, thank you so much. and really appreciate all you're doing on behalf of seniors. They're an important part of our community and it's lovely to know that we've got great resources. To find out more about the Naperville Lyle Triad, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. This is Busey, where your dreams become moments. With trusted guidance, we'll help you achieve the life you've always envisioned. What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Is something wrong? We live in a safe community. 
but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Naperville Animal Crime Stoppers. Yes, I'd like to report a case of animal cruelty and neglect. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now to talk about the Naperville Little League Baseball is David Page and Michael Huff. I'm so glad to have you both with us. And David, congratulations on being the new president of Naperville Little League Baseball. So let's start right off with you. What's new for 2024? Well, Naperville Little League is not new, right? It's been around since 1952. So we've been doing this a long time and we've had a great program for pretty much that entirety. and we offer a program that starts at first grade all the way through eighth grade. Um, so that's seven-year-olds essentially through the 14U program. Um, and with those 12-year-olds, those are the guys that eventually perhaps have an opportunity to make it all the way to the Little League World Series, which is what everyone watches on TV during the summertime. Um, when, I was, when I accepted the role as president for Little League, one of the areas of focus that I wanted our board and our, our members to really concentrate on is um, providing a strong foundation and, and giving an opportunity to give the best experience for our, for our families and our Naperville baseball community. And one of the areas that we're really concentrating this year is, is providing support and additional mentorship for our coaches. Because mm-hmm. um, without strong coaches, the experience for our kids um, can waver or vary greatly. And so we really want to focus on that. And the White Sox is, is an area that we're going to lean on strongly. We have a, an amazing partnership with them. We're really fortunate. And we're going to lean on their experience to help help bring some of that additional uh, education and mentorship to our coaches. I think that's wonderful because, you know, it, it's coaching baseball, but you're also putting an adult in the life of a child, which is yes. so important as a, just a, a mentor anyway, right, beyond the baseball. So talk a little bit, Michael, about the uh, partnership that you have with Naperville Little League Baseball and the White Sox organization. Well, it really started back when we were owning the West Suburban Sports Complex in Lyle, where we did some programming, hitting, pitching, little things with Naperville Little League, but then it grew into being a part of our Jersey program. Our Jersey program now reaches out to over 37 communities, inner city and suburbs, where we, the White Sox, provide uniforms and hats, different colors, different styles, to kids, literally five through 14. For Naperville, it goes up a little higher. So for us, it's a great partnership in terms of us allowing them to save some monies, yep. put back into the field, as David said, put back into some of the training that's gonna happen this year, but from the White Sox perspective, it's been wonderful. Sure, it's great branding for you, it's a win-win. I mean, that's Absolutely. what a partnership is, right? It's a win-win. Yep. Now, I mean, we have exciting news in the sense that Nikki Lopez is now playing for the Chicago White Sox, somebody that we're very familiar with. So talk a little bit about that. Well, from, from the player and the team perspective, we are incredibly excited just because it's a kid who can play multiple positions. We know watching him in Kansas City and then Atlanta that he plays the game the right way. And he's a Chicagoan. And then for us in the youth baseball, he's from Naperville. Yeah, that's really exciting. And, you know, if you talk to any any kid in a baseball program or really any sport, what do they say? I want to be a pro athlete. I want to be a major league baseball player specifically for, for our little league program. And so now here we have a prime example, someone from Naperville, from our little league program that you know, went through the journey of making it all the way to, to reaching his, his dreams as a major league ball player. And I, I think it's a really cool example 
to be able to share with our families. Absolutely. Well, I'm just inducted into the uh, Athletic Hall of Fame over yep. at Naperville Central. We just covered that the other day. He's a standout <clears throat> human. So um, talk a little bit, Michael, because you were a former uh, a Major League Baseball player. You know, you, you've gone through the whole journey, much like uh, Nikki's gone through the journey now. But why would you recommend that kids be involved in a Little League program? Well, some Little League programs, not so much. Naperville, for <laughs> sure. Just because what we've observed from the White Sox perspective and personally is that the Naperville Little League board, the parents around it, the support staff, the coaches, really care about the kids. And what Naperville does, it, it offers a true balance for these families. It's not expecting you to play 12 months out of the year, which is terrible for a seven, 12, or even 14 year old. It's allowing the families and the parents to touch their, have their kids put their toe in a couple different ponds, whether it's theater or other sports. And then they provide both sort of a, a basic level of competition, but also a higher level of competition within their league. So those young families don't feel like they have to jump to a travel team if their son might be a little bit more advanced than the rest of the kids. As we've talked about, yeah. sometimes that son might be advanced at 10, but then behind the curve at 14. But at 10, if their parents are so worried about him playing at a different level, Naperville offers that, which is just so wonderful that very few other leagues do. Yeah, that it, it's well having the options, right? And I think in being able to grow with your child and grow with your family needs. Talk a little bit about the programming that you're offering for this year. Yeah, so as I mentioned, we cover from first grade through eighth grade. Um, the youngest groups are what we call our rookie division. And it's for every, our entire program is for boys and girls. I should make sure to highlight that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's been great. We've had a number of, of girls play in the Little League over the years. And so our rookie division is seven-year-olds playing or first graders playing with first graders, second graders playing with second graders. So basically you're seven and eight-year-olds. And then after we leave our rookie division, we move into what we call our Supreme. And at that point, there's kind of a divide in the road where we have an offering of drafted which is considered more of a competitive type of environment in a non-drafted or recreational. And what it is, is it's an opportunity for families to make a decision. Do I want, or does my, does my son or daughter want to play in a more competitive environment where there's drafting and, and a little bit more focus on the competition side, or do we want to stay and play with, play with the existing set of friends that we have in more of a fun recreational type environment? Um, and that's at the nine and 10 year old age groups. And then we move on to majors, which is our 11 and 12 year olds. And I, as I mentioned earlier, the 12 year olds at one point at the end of the season will form teams if, if, everyone, if there's an interest. Um, and we'll, we'll enter into the, the Little League World Series path by going through regionals and state playoffs. Um, then there's also our Naperville Baseball Club program, which is also known as the Sunday League. Um, and this is for families, again, that want additional playing time. Um, again, it's more competitive, and the idea is we'll bring players together from all the different teams. Um, and it's almost like a, a quasi-travel type team. So they play other towns, teams okay. similar to ours um, from Little League. And then they'll have an opportunity to get a taste of a couple tournaments here and there. And then finally, at the oldest age group, we have our Junior League, which is the 13 to 14-year-olds. Generally. When you age out, age out of Little League at 12 years old, um, your option to continue playing baseball at that time was to go to some sort of 13, 14-year-old travel program. Well, Little League is, is now have this junior league offering for, for kids that want to continue playing, but for one reason or another, travel isn't the right path for them. 
and it's been it's been really well received and, and pretty successful over the last few years. Yeah, we love that league. We were yeah. the sponsor of two back-to-back sure winning are. champions <laughs> in that league, and they were such great, such an interesting group of, yeah. of players, you know, from and you could just see the joy of being able to continue to play. So I I think that's been a really great. Uh, add-on to the program of of sort of leading into that high school area. As we wrap up, Michael, what, if anything, would you say to a parent whose child loves baseball? I would say you got to join the Naperville Little League. Uh, For a lot of the reasons that we talked about before, the fact that their board, their coaches, their parents know how to balance things out for families, encouraging them in the non-baseball seasons to do another sport, to try another activity, because for a young child, they don't know what they want to be when they grow up. And so that imbibes all of the kids to just get out and do things. The coaches allow the kids to learn the game the right way with our partnership. And the life lessons, as we spoke about before, of a team sport, the fact that if you're an eight or a nine hitter, you can still have impact on the game. You make a play defensively, you get a walk, if not necessarily a hit because you're batting eighth or ninth. And last I checked, there's only one owner and one president of a company. That's your three, four hitters. There's a lot of other people that need to do things in that company to make it successful. Likewise, in school, you have to study on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night to do well on that test on Thursday. And baseball teaches if you're practicing with your friends, you're playing catch with mom or dad during the week, besides that one practice, that when the game comes, you're going to have more success. And so from the White Sox perspective, Naperville is one of the few organizations that we partner with that really do things the right way. And I would say for the parents, Sign them up for here because you're going to have a chance, especially at those younger ages, to get encouragement to do other things. That's wonderful. So we should play ball. Absolutely. Right? With Naperville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that. And go White Sox, even though I'm a Cubbies fan. I'll, it's I'll about, baseball. about baseball. It's about baseball. Yeah. It's about baseball. So we wish you all the best for the season. Let's hope for some great weather, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be good. And we look forward to seeing you at the city championships out at the end of June. Please, everyone come out. Yep, that'll be a great day. So if you would like more information about Naperville Little League Baseball, please go and visit their website. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on this episode, please visit our website at nctv17.org. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on social media. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernett. Thank you for watching. This Spotlight is brought to you by presenting sponsor, UC Bank.